You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Sweet Repentance is the title of this devotion. And the reason why I feel to use that term, sweet repentance, is because there is such a thing as the sweetness, the kindness, the goodness, the loveliness of the Heavenly Father that brings us into such a place where we turn our heart to Him. You see, this is the wonder about Jesus and the gospel of grace is that we are drawn with cords of love and kindness and tender mercies. There's a scripture that says, I've drawn you to myself with my kindness and love. You see, God makes the effort to win our trust and to bring us into communion with Him, where He can transform us through our oneness with Him into His likeness and bring us into that for which we were predestined before He made anything, that we would be His sons and daughters and bear His likeness, His character, His nature, His heart, His mind, His spirit. And God wins you. And oh, how I long within myself day and night to have that winning grace that reconciling anointing, that drawing of the love of my Father towards others, and how I need Him to deposit it continuously in me so that I do have this, and I long so much more of it. And here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, it talks about us ministers. And in one way or another, all of us as believers are ministers. We all have been given the priestly duty of proclaiming and manifesting the love of our Savior, Jesus. And he says here, a servant, 2 Timothy 2:24, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. A minister of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle. And I understand that when you're young, in the Lord and young in the ministry, then the enemy can snare you and draw you into a quarrel. And before you know it, you're contending on the mind of the flesh, on the will of the human heart, and you will not be able to win anything. You'll not be able to win anything. Sure, you might be able to have some human persuasion, but that is not the saving grace. No, listen to this verse here from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Colossians 3, verse 12. And this is the Living Bible. Since you have been chosen by God, who, who has given you this new kind of life, 
because of His deep love and concern for you, you should practice tender-hearted mercy and kindness to others. Don't worry about making a good impression on them, but be ready to suffer quietly and patiently. Be gentle, ready to forgive, never holding a grudge. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. You see, the Lord says that we are given a new kind of life. What turns people's heart is that new kind of life coming into them. And for us who have the privilege to share that life with somebody, he says here, you should practice tender-hearted mercy and kindness to others. Don't worry about making a good impression on them, but be ready to suffer quietly and patiently. Oh, how those two words are in my heart. Be gentle, ready to forgive, never holding a grudge. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive. This is one of the great identifiable characteristics by which we show that we are not just representing our own ideas or the latest spiritual fashion in preaching. No, but that we share the heart of our Savior, the love of our Father, the mercies of our God, that we share His heart and His concern for precious people. And you know, when people are struggling to turn, are they struggling to change their mind and they are being gripped by the enemy to do his will. They're snared, as it said there in Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.25. They're snared by the devil to do his will. It is God who grants them to turn as we share his love with them. It's him working it in them by his spirit, drawing them to his son Jesus so that through Jesus they may receive release from the devil's grip on them and an acceptance in the Father's presence through the Son. Do you not, are you, listen, this is the Amplified of Romans 2 verse 4. Are you so blind to thrive with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of God's kindness and forbearance and long-suffering patience. Are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent, to change your mind and inner man, to accept God's will? It is this incredible love of God that turns the heart, that wins the heart, and that people just let go of the resistance and that Satan can't hold them anymore because the love that pulls them is so much stronger. It's so much mightier. It's based upon the self-sacrificial love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And they come into the wonderful knowledge of repentance, of the sweetness. Oh, the wonderful sweetness of being forgiven and made right in God's sight because of what Jesus has done. You know, one of David's famous psalms is Psalm 32, which the Apostle Paul uses in the book of Romans to unveil the thesis of our salvation. It's one of the most magnificent books in the Bible. Romans chapter has 16 chapters. It's so well worth studying. 
And in Psalm 32, which he quotes there in Romans, David says in the Living Bible, what happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven. What joy when sins are covered over, when you're not constantly reminded of your failure. What relief for those who have confessed their sins and God has cleared their record. Oh, I love that statement. You know, in Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says, after he he established the cleansing of our sins in his own blood and fully cleared our record, he sat on the right hand of the majesty on high. Oh, I love that thought after he established the cleansing of our sins in his own blood and fully cleared our record. What relief for those who've confessed their sins and God has cleared their record. There was a time, David says here, when I wouldn't admit what a sinner I was. But my my, my dishonesty made me miserable and filled my days with frustration. All day and all night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water on a sunny day until I finally admitted all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess them to the Lord and you forgave me. Now all my guilt is gone. Oh, glory to God. I'm sorry for my emotion, but I find it so hard to see the hostility in the world is, is increasing so harshly. And that whole mob mentality to destroy people when their failings are paraded in front of the whole world is the same spirit that crucified Christ that's taken hold of this generation. But may it be the same spirit by which he gave his life that triumphs over the evil in this generation, because whenever the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And the very mob mentality that rose up against God by crucifying his precious son who was innocent and blameless and thereby raised up a standard to bring forgiveness. Oh, I am so grateful to see the Lord clear the record and remove and take away the guilt and set captives free. Now I can say that each believer should confess his sins to God when he is aware of them. While there is yet time to be forgiven, judgment will not touch him if he does this. Are you, you are my hiding place, David says in verse seven, from every storm in life. You even keep me from getting into trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. I want to encourage you today. Read that Psalm 32. I'm reading it to you from the Living Bible. But he says, I said to myself, I will confess my sins to the Lord and you forgave me. Now all my guilt is gone. You see, guilt and shame are two different things. Guilt is something we have before God because we've done wrong in his eyes. And Jesus bore the guilt on Calvary's cross, but he also bore the public shame. And the shame has to do with defilement, where we are besmirched with our failures and they, and they expose us as sinners. You see, 
not everybody realizes that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that there's not one who can boast himself before God, but that we're all must be saved by faith through grace in Jesus Christ, by faith in Jesus Christ through God's grace. And that there is nobody who can find freedom from guilt and shame. And I pray that that sweet spirit of repentance is not just something that you know for yourself, but that you hold it out as an attitude, as a response, as a reaction to anybody else who needs it. I don't want to have that harshness of I'm not putting up with this, that hardness of heart, you hurt me, you, you, you. I don't want to have that hardness of heart where I'm always upset with somebody, blaming somebody, or have a little bitty cushion. And the moment you push too hard on that cushion, immediately you feel the judgment in me because I have no sweet repentance in my own heart. I want that cushion to be so enormous that when you push in on it, what comes back at you is that sweet repentance, that sweet heart of surrender to Jesus, to God the Father by the Spirit of Jesus. Oh, there is such a goodness, friends, to be had for you and me today that the world is looking for and don't know where to find unless they find it with us. And let them find it with us today. I'm not just sharing this devotion to give you something else to do. This is a plea from the throne of grace. Let me bring you into the consciousness of that sweet repentance, that sweet turning to God, where you realize, oh my goodness, Lord, if your mercies weren't extended to me, my hope would be lost. There would be no hope for turning. There would be no hope for me. You see, I find this really the the darkness of this age. I'm serious. I find this the darkness of this age, that the hope that the gospel gives of forgiveness with God through repentance by faith in Jesus Christ is not shining bright enough for people to know it's out there for them. And so many people are hopeless. And when people lose hope, the heart grows sick. The Bible says when hope fails, the heart becomes sick. And in that sickness of heart, in that despair, People give themselves over to drugs, to alcohol, to immorality, and and even, even take their own lives because they feel there's no reason for living. And friends, I believe the gospel of our loving God and Savior Jesus Christ needs to shine bright from us as the church again to give hope to the hopeless. And how can we extend it to those who've never heard of Christ if we cannot extend it to our own family? When our brothers and sisters in the Lord stumble and fall, should we not have as much love for them as we would for anybody? Of course, and yes, the consequences can be a painful reality, but there is forgiveness with God so that he might be feared. And oh, I want that sweet spirit of repentance to be so strong in this church, in my life, that it gives hope to anybody, saint or sinner alike. Because here in 1 John chapter 1, the Lord is speaking to his church. It's very obvious he's not speaking to those who don't know him. He's speaking to those who know him, to his own church. And I'll read to you from the Living Bible. 
But if we are living in the light of God's presence, this is 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. If we are living in the light of God's presence, just as Christ does, then we have wonderful fellowship and joy with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. You see, there's cleansing for us as children of God. And if we say that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and refusing to accept the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he can be depended on to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. And it is perfectly proper and fair for God to do this for us because Jesus Christ died to wash away our sins. Come on. This is written to you and me as children of God. So Pastor Robert, have you ever had sin while you're a Christian? Of course I have. Of course I have. Oh, just certain thoughts of the heart, certain thoughts of the mind, certain words or attitudes. You see, sometimes we only think that the only kind of sins to be repented of are those obvious sins as drunkenness, reviling, extortion, and immorality and other such things. And we think those are the obvious sins, but we don't always realize that God looks at the heart. And if you see in the book of Acts where, where it is said that they were forgiven of the, sin, of the thoughts of their heart. You see, it's how we think in our heart that so are we. And it's so important that we allow the thoughts of our heart and the words of our mouth to be well-pleasing to God, as David would say in the last verses of Psalm 19. Come on, friends or willfully doing what the Lord has shown us not to do. And that can be well meant, but if it is in disobedience to God, then it is sin, folks. And sin is what separates us from God and darkens our hearts and causes us to think with our own thoughts instead of with His thoughts. And I don't want to have any sin in my heart in any form or fashion. Sin shall not have dominion over me because I've been water baptized into Christ's death to sin. And now I live with him in newness of life when I rose from the watery grave. Oh, and now I live in newness of life. I live a life that is the life of the Son of God in me that loved me and gave himself for me. And that life and love compels me to not want to do things that grieve him. No, the opposite, but to embrace his living word, Christ in my heart and mind so that I want what he wants and I'm aware of what he wants and that it's my greatest pleasure being led by his spirit to do his will. Oh, sin, my friends, is not just a act. It's a heart condition. And I am so grateful that Jesus gives us a new heart and a new mind. And as we taste the sweet repentance of the Father's love leading us back to himself, it will cause us to invite anybody else to join us and say, hey, there's hope for you. If I can have this love and this life, you sure can too. If I can be forgiven, you sure can too. And I pray that this becomes so strong in the church that the light again begins to shine bright for not just the community and not just the county and not just the nation, but for the whole world. As Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Amen. Have a good day.